I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. The Philippine National Police is undergoing a major revamp. The erstwhile chief of the National Police, General Oscar Albayalde, has relinquished his hold on the top post weeks ahead of his complete and official retirement on November 8. But it is not Albayalde's retirement that is driving all the impending change at the top. Rather, it is concern about corruption and a corrupted leadership. Beginning today, all key positions are under probation for three months. And all promotions will be on hold. And I will make sure the axe will fall where it should if these leaders will not deliver results. That was General Archie Gamboa, who for now is the OIC of the PNP. And to repeat, one of his first acts was to announce that for the next three months, all key officers will be watched closely and all promotions are on hold. Gamboa made the announcement earlier this week following a command conference with President Rodrigo Duterte. We admit that there's a directive from the President uh, based on the command conference na hinol doon sa Malacanang. So I convened the directorial staff and a few national separate unit together with the command group last Saturday. So sabi ko sa kanila, we have a directive, we have to have a revamp, what would be the basis? So it's not only performance because true, maganda naman yung kanila mga accomplishment. Probably to introduce new leadership, fresh ideas, new vigor. Equally compelling as reason to hold everybody's papers and aspirations, however, is the corruption allegations that forced Albayalde to step down in hopes of at least salvaging a clean exit, his retirement with benefits intact this November. Albayalde is accused of coddling Central Luzon policemen who allegedly recycled seized drugs in 2013. Albayalde was then chief of police in Pampanga, and fellow police officials told senators earlier this month that he not only took a cut from their shenanigans, he protected the so-called ninja cops from what had been recommendations for their dismissal. Sabi nga ni Senate President Delon, ni Senator Laxon, si Senator Soto, and myself, there was a cover-up. In my view, it's a monumental cover-up. That was Senator Richard Gordon speaking as he released a Senate Blue Ribbon Committee report on the ninja cops probe. Senators have recommended filing criminal charges against Albayalde, and now the PNP has done just that. On top of which, PNP OIC Gamboa says, We have already dismissed four of the 13 cops involved in the Pampanga raid for another grave offense in Antipolo. Another one is facing a more serious offense and will likely be administratively dismissed if substantial evidence exists. In the meantime, this is what has created all the uncertainty about the leadership at the PNP. 
Gamboa himself is still just OIC and he may yet lose the permanent appointment to two other generals shortlisted with President Duterte. And as Gamboa has in the meantime announced, all other promotions at the national level of the PNP are on hold. Elsewhere, however, President Duterte is not stopping himself from appointing his preferred candidates to key police posts. Most recently, the president named a familiar and controversial figure to head the police in Bacolod, Jovi Espinido. In 2016, Espinido was the chief of police of Albuera City when then Albuera late Mayor Rolando Espinosa was shot dead inside his jail cell. In the scrutiny and controversy that followed, Espinido was moved to Osamis City in Misamis Occidental and soon enough, again under Espinido's watch, then Mayor Reynaldo Parohinog and 14 others linked to the drug trade were also killed in a series of raids. In 2017, the president himself summed up Espinido's record and reputation. You ask for the assignments uh, later. Namatay ang mayor doon. You ask for another assignment sa Osamis. Namatay ang mayor doon, si Parahino. Ngayon gusto mo sa Iloilo kasi si Mabilog has been identified as a protector. Mayor, mabuhi ka siya. Gusto ko nang tanungin kasi ako naman ang pagbibintangan. You are free to kill the idiots. Your next assignment is uh, Iloilo. That was 2017. This was the president last week. Bacolod is badly hit now. And I place Espinido there. Yung tinatakutan nila na police. Sabi ko, go there and you are free to kill everybody. Ko, start killing them. Malacanang and police officials have since tried to qualify the president's words as hyperbole and just his manner of speaking. But by now, Espinido's record is as notorious as President Duterte's violent statements and critics charge that there is in fact a link between Espinido's actions and the president's words. The United Nations Program on HIV-AIDS says that by 2025, there will be around 200,000 Filipinos living with HIV. The latest UNAIDS report, in fact, tags the Philippines as having the fastest-growing HIV epidemic in the world. We spoke with UNAIDS Country Director Dr. Louis Ocampo, and he notes how reported cases of HIV in the Philippines already rose by more than 200% between 2010 and 2018. Another key concern, Filipinos infected are getting younger. The country is categorized as having a concentrated epidemic, concentrated to the key populations, which are MSM, men who have sex with men, sex workers, people who inject drugs, and young key population. 68,401. That's the total reported cases from 1984 until June of this year. 80% of that are coming from 15 to 34 years old. Every year, the age is getting younger and younger. This is the reason why we really need to intensify comprehensive sexuality education, which includes HIV prevention and transmission in schools. 
Ocampo sees low condom use as a key factor and general weakness in education and information programs and in propagating other preventive measures. Major factor contributing to the increasing rate is the low utilization of condom among the young people because this survey that we have conducted in 2015 said that only about 40 percent of the respondents, the males who have sex with males, have used condom in the last sexual intercourse. With the low rate of condom use, that is a good recipe for a higher infection rate. There are other factors, like we don't have PrEP. PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is a drug that is being taken by a non-reactive individual to protect himself or herself for getting infected if he's engaging in high-risk sexual behavior. Ocampo says the challenge to government and other sectors is clear. We really need to intensify yung comprehensive prevention strategies natin. And that means increased condom use, we include pre-exposure prophylaxis, we implement a comprehensive sexuality education in schools, and we use social media apps, especially with the millennials who are always in you know social media. And of course, we need to increase testing coverage, like self-testing and community-based screening and even partner notification. And then early initiation of treatment and adherence to treatment. So lahat yung kailangan para collective yung action natin in terms of addressing the HIV epidemic in the country. Now coming up, remember this. Now we have been we have been videotaping all over this country, and if there is one thing that I have learned, you guys have a bunch of islands here. How many islands are in the Philippines? High tide or low tide? <laughs> Give them both. Well, with high tide, we have 7,107, and then low tide, we have 7,108. That, of course, was Charlene Gonzalez, representing the Philippines at the Miss Universe pageant back in 1994. An iconic moment, not only for the beauty queen, but also for the Filipinos' memorized answer and number for the same question. But in case you haven't heard, 7,107, or as she said, 7,108, is now officially the wrong answer. The official correct answer? 7,641. How did we get to that number? Before we tell you... This interlude is brought to you by the Chamber Orchestra Radical Dreamers. And in case you're a fan of anime, you'll recognize this as the song from Doraemon. Radical Dreamers is performing this and other anime and video game themes at the two-part concert, Melody Road. Radical Dreamers will be in concert with a full anime showcase on November 10 at the Green Sun Hotel in Makati. Then they will have a video game showcase. That's right. Video game theme songs by Chamber Orchestra on December 8. For tickets, go to their page, Melody Road PH, on Facebook. Now let's get back to Charlene Gonzalez and the Philippine Islands. 7,107 islands 
or anything around that number should get you an X mark on exams from here on. 7641. 7641 is the correct number of islands we have. That's the official number. Now, the fact is most Filipinos have been wrong for decades and it is not Charlene's fault. Our books were wrong. Our teachers and schools were wrong. Geologist and University of the Philippines professor C.P. David shares the story of that wrong number and how we finally corrected it. So the count of Philippine islands started in the early 1900s through the efforts of the Coast and Geodetic Survey of the United States. It was a project right after the Spanish-American War, and it was meant to survey the entire Philippines, including a accurate count of all the islands. They started in 1909 and finished in 1950, and at that time, they put out a report that had a total count of our islands to 7,100 islands. In 1950, the Coast and Geodetic Survey of the U.S. left already for the United States, but left a crew uh, of trained Filipinos, which became the predecessor of the National Mapping and Resource Information Administration, or NAMRIA. The NAMRIA continued that work and found a few more islands after that, And I believe it already included some of the islands that we claim as part of our territory, including those in the Kalayan group of islands. That's why it increased to uh, 7,600 plus. Of course, satellite technology helped and trumped the sea level and seagoing methodologies of past centuries. Earlier mapping techniques left plenty of room for error. The U.S. survey was a very crude technique because it involved several ships sailing to all the islands of the Philippines and marking them in terms of coordinates and counting the number of islands they've encountered. Because when ships are sailing from one direction, they would count an island. And then when when they go around a bigger island, they would see the same island, thinking that it's a different one. So they double count it. Some islands were thought to be islands, but they're actually still connected to the mainland, so it's not an island per se. David says counting islands is much easier than before with the help of new technology, such as the interferometric synthetic aperture radar. So it was easy because there was no actual survey done because the entire IPSAR image already had uh, predetermined all the land masses within our archipelago. The data sets that we use is uh, actually comes from NAMRIA. It's a satellite-borne radar image, and it images all the land areas. And that's what we counted initially and used it to compare to the list of coordinates that uh, CGNS, the Coast and Geodetic Survey, had. Now, of course, we still had to ask. Because credit to Charlene Gonzalez, it was a good question. High tide or low tide? Does it matter? That's the misconception. If an island disappears during high tide, then there will be no land plants that will be able to thrive. And therefore, that will not be considered as an island. There's a strict definition of what is an Island, and that is a land area completely surrounded by water 
and that that landmass is big enough that it can harbor life. Before cosmetics brand Happy Skin, it was not very common to see Filipino labels in the cosmetics market. Save for Everbilena and Human Nature, it was the international brands that populated the makeup counters. Now, after just six years in business, Happy Skin has arguably paved the way for other Filipino companies to flourish. Now we have Sunny's Face, BLK, even Vice Cosmetics, and many more. In a special episode of the Project Vanity podcast, Liz Lanuso and Denise Bengson talk to Risa Manangkiltrillo, Happy Skin co-founder, about her path to success. The trigger was experiencing firsthand so many pain points when it came to using makeup as a morena Filipina. It was actually at the peak of my modeling career that my skin was at its worst. Pimples, irritations, big pores, and patchy skin. Being a beauty columnist also allowed me to try a lot of cosmetic and beauty products. And there were a lot of amazing brands out there. It's just that there was none that seemed to have the Philippines' tropical weather and the Filipina skin tone in mind. For Risa, it became a vicious cycle of using makeup to cover the effects of using makeup. So instead of waiting for someone to take action for an idea I had tremendous passion for, I thought, why not just create this makeup line? So six years ago, in an era where everything was imported or foreign, it was actually a risk. But we wanted to change mindsets. It motivated us to prove people wrong that even if this is a homegrown brand, you'll be proud that it's Pinoy. And I'm very proud to say that Happy Skin positions itself as a dual citizen of makeup and skincare, the first cosmetic brand to actively do so. The brand really eases the fears of women so they can really enjoy the transformative power of makeup. Catch the full episode of Project Vanity, powered by Puma Podcast, this month. At yan po ang Puma Podcast. If you like what you hear, please, please tell your friends. You can email us at pumapodcast at gmail.com or tell a friend to start listening to us. Don't forget to subscribe to Puma Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maraming maraming salamat po. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.